You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. If you'll notice contextually, the the word seek, zatio, is used in two ways. The word, that little word seek is used in two ways. And the first way that is used is in a bad or negative way. Because the Lord tells his disciples that he does not want them to seek certain tangible things. So seek in that sense from a theological standpoint has to do with going after something that is in contrast to the will of God. He did not want them to seek or go after tangible things. If they did such, they would be out of the will of God. Look at it again. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink. Don't do it. The implication, he did not want them to make the seeking of things a priority. He did not want that to happen. Because it's easy for us to allow things to get in front of God or what pertains to God. You ever been there? To where you were more concerned about a thing than pleasing God. He did not want them to to be that that way. And then he also did not want them to have an anxious mind. I don't want you to seek what you're going to eat or what you should drink and and I don't want you to have an anxious mind. I don't want you to be worried 
are overly concerned about something that you don't have the power to change. Because often when we worry about something, we, we don't have the capacity to change the particular thing that we're overly concerned about. It's in God's hand. Peter so understood that to where he said, look, you need to just cast all your cares upon him because he cares. But sometimes we, we will spend hours just trying to think about something and never reach a conclusion simply because we don't have the capacity to do so. And so again, he tells them, I, I don't need you to be of an anxious mind. How many would be honest and say that there have been times to where I have not slept because I was thinking about something that you didn't have the capacity to change. Woo, put up your hand and let us look at you. Now notice what he said. Do not be of an anxious mind. Let me show you what, what Paul said in reference to this. Go with me to Philippians, the fourth chapter. And verse 6. Lord Jesus. Now, again, Jesus said, don't have an anxious mind. But Paul says here in Philippians 4 and 6, the first clause, be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Don't be worried about nothing. But then he, he takes it further. He said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. He was actually saying what Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and 7. Just look, you pray and give it to God. Don't be anxious about it. Don't let it keep you from sleeping. Just pray and give it to God. Literally, to be anxious is to strangle. Literally, to be anxious is to strangle. One definition of strangle is to hinder or stop growth. You can stop your maturity by worry. By worry. You can stop your maturity by worry. Stunt your spiritual growth. Simply because you're worrying about something that you don't even have the capacity to deal with. When you truly learn how to trust God, you, you'll, you'll go to him like, Lord, I, I don't really know all that's going on. I just need you to handle it. 
and just direct me in what I should think, say, and do. But until you tell me what to think, say, and do, God, I'm, I'm just going to keep praying. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, just be prayerful and thankful. Give it to God. But back in Luke 12, Jesus drops on his disciples. When you seek after these things, when you're anxious, you're just like the world of sinners. I need you to do something for me. Look at, look at a neighbor and say, when you seek after things that God told you not to seek after, and you have an anxious mind, you're acting like a sinner. Matter of fact, you're in the seat of a sinner. Know what he tells you? He, he said, all, all this stuff do the world or sinners seek after. And you know what happens in reference to sin when it comes to a transgressor? Your life becomes hard. And you know the end of sin, it causes death or ruin. You'll mess up your own self by worrying about stuff. You'll mess up yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and so forth by worrying about stuff. I'm telling you, I have worried about stuff to the point to where I couldn't sleep. Some of us have worried to the point to where we, we cause ourselves to get a headache. Some of us cause stress to come on us because of worry. They're reading it quiet in here. Yeah, because, because all of us have been guilty. And being anxious about something we couldn't change. You could you can't it's certain things you just can't change. It's certain things you want to know, but you just you just don't know. It's certain things you wish you could do something about, but you you can't. Certain things you want, but you don't have the means to get. So just let it go. Let it go. Be anxious for nothing. Again, he was, he was point blank. Don't have an anxious mind. Bottom line, when you're in that place, you're just like the world or sinners. And I'm telling you, man, that, that there are people in, in, in the world that, that go through all type of illnesses because of worry. 
How many of you have ever heard somebody say, if I didn't have no bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all? You ever had anybody say that to you? I asked a person, I said, said, well, what did that mean? Tell me exactly what that means in reference to, to your life. And he said, well, preacher, don't nothing never go right for me. I said, well, you just need Jesus. I said, because when you have Jesus, even when things don't go the way you desire, you know that he knows how to fix it. Right? God can fix anything. How many believe that? Yes, he can. He can fix anything. God can do anything save faith. I don't believe he can fix anything. Yes, he can. That's the reason we have scriptures like Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for the everything. Doesn't matter what happens in life. If you trust God, it's going to work out for you. Doesn't matter how much pressure is coming your way. If you trust God, it's going to work out. And some of us should have shouted because we have seen Romans 8 and 28 manifest in our life more times than we got fingers and toes to count. Put them hands up and say, it has happened for me. Romans 8 and 28. More times than I can count. Yeah. But see, because we're in the flesh, the flesh will always try to make what happens as if God is not going to help you again. Because we're in the flesh. God has helped you more times than you can count. But you can go through something before nightfall. And you, you will feel a certain way simply because you are human. Simply because of your flesh. But you have to have in, in you that I can't worry about this because the same way God worked out such and such the last time is no different. He's going to work out this as well. How can you say that so boldly, Walker? God don't change. Malachi 3 and 6, God don't change. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus is the same. When? Yesterday, today, and he ain't going to change. So Jesus said, look, I don't need you to have no anxious mind. And I don't need you to be to the point to where you're going after something I told you not to go after. I, I got to move on, but I got to say something, and, and, and it's personal. Uh, I have been guilty more than 12 times. Let me go back over there. More than 50 times. Maybe even more than 50. Of not 
doing what he told the disciples not to do in the text. He done told me not to worry, but I done turned around and And, and, and then, you, you, then you have to understand this. If he told me not to worry, and if he told you not to worry, that means you have the power not to worry. No matter how many times your flesh, situations, and circumstances come at you, God has given you the power not to worry about it. You just have to exercise or use that power. Now them 50 times I done told you about that, that ain't been recent. Because I had to learn. Because if I wouldn't have learned, I would have had some breakdowns. Because it was so much coming, I, I, just had, I just had to learn. And if I would have just allowed all that stuff to become a part of my emotions, my thinking, and so forth, something would have happened to me. So, so when it... When it Start coming. It didn't matter where I was. I would immediately start praying. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything. With. And thanksgiving. Let your request. Be made known to who? Lord this stuff is just coming. I need you. I'm counting on you to be Psalm 46 and 1 for me. That very present help in trouble. That, that's how I deal with it. That's how I deal with it. I ain't got no great revelation to tell you. The bottom line, when you get, when you get to, when worry starts coming against you, you get to praying. And you get to put in that request before God. Lord, I need you to give me some strength. And then guess what? After you done ask, he gives you strength. Two hours later, that same thing will come back. What do you do? You go back to praying. And putting your request before him again. The next day you get a phone call and, and, and there it is again. What do you You go back to prayer. And tell him what you need again. You have to combat worry with prayer and thanksgiving. I say it with prayer and thanksgiving according to Philippians 4 and 6. Whatever comes your way, that, that's, that's, how, that's the tool, one of the primary tools you use to deal with worry. 
And like it or not, that there are things that can be this little that can cause you to worry. But there are also things as big as this church that can cause you to get stressed out. Whether it's small or whether it's big, when it comes, pray. Pray. You're going up 20. Keep your eyes open. Pray with your eyes open. Don't close your eyes. Going up 20. But pray right there. Don't wait till you get home. I'm going to pray about this time I get. And I'll pray right then. That's how I done learned to deal with it. That's the reason prayer, prayer is not just something that I do every now and then. I, I pray all the time. That's the reason Jesus said, men are always to what? Pray. He meant that. Yeah, I do the form of prayer. I get up every morning to pray for you, pray for the church, pray for people that I know are going through specific things. But sometimes when I'm on my way to, to cut the first yard, get a call. I pray right then. In the morning, folk wake wake you up four thirty five o'clock in the morning about something. Guess what? I, and, and I said, I'm praying right now for you. I don't wait. I pray right then. So and so wants you to pray. What's going on? Well, I'm praying right now. I don't wait to pray. I pray when when worry come. I pray right then. You don't wait. You you don't let that thing just play with your mind like play doh. Be anxious for nothing. You pray. You pray. I had to learn that, especially when I used to go through it financially. Oh, God. God. When, when uh, Bro Ricky, Mama, and, and other saints in the church was just, we had one death after another. I just learned how to, how to just pray. Because stuff was constantly coming to me. I said, Lord, I'm praying. This is bigger than me. I can't deal with this. This is too big for me. I'm giving it to you. And some things, they'll come back every 20 seconds. I never ever, ever had trouble come to your mind 30 seconds. Every 30 seconds it comes. Every time it comes, put prayer on it. I said, every time it comes, put prayer on it. I used to have this man say, you know, if I can't pray an hour, I don't even waste time. I'll pray for five seconds. It's five second prayer works for me. I've even had a one second prayer that worked for me. What is it? Jesus. I don't want, I don't want to be consumed by worry. I don't want to have an anxious mind. Do you? And if you don't, you got to pray. And it works. That's the reason Jesus said, he, he gave the conclusion in Luke 18 and 1. Men ought always to pray and not to what? Lose heart. Faint. Give up. Yield to the pressure. 
Don't you ever yield to the pressure. Don't you ever yield to what the enemy is trying to get you to yield to. You submit yourself to God. And watch God work on your behalf. Y'all all right? Back in Luke 12, let's, let me go to the second thing. Now, when it comes to the second seek, it's used in a good, a positive way. But it's still the same Greek word. Just used in a positive way. It's when you go after Or do what God would have you do. And notice he gets so plain with what they need to seek. And they need to do so as a priority. Notice this. Let me read it again. Ready? Verse 31. Seek the kingdom of God in Matthew 6 and 33 Jesus was recorded by Matthew saying seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness Seeking God has to be your number one priority. It has to be your number one priority. When you get in trouble, talk to God about it. Things are not going the way you really desire them. Talk to God about it. Let God be your number one priority. Nothing should come before God at any time. I'm going through something in my body. Talk to God about it. My foot hurt and I need to go to the talk to God before you go to the doctor. I ain't got no money to do such and such. I'm going to go and see if I can get up. No, don't go get that long. Talk to God and let him direct you I just know this knot don't say what's going on with that knot in your belly hold on just talk to God before you go saying what a knot is in your belly well I just read this louder and it seemed like, no don't, no, don't, don't say don't do that. Just talk. I like how Solomon said it. So I'm saying, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your path. And, and then Solomon wanted to put emphasis on it. He, he said, lean not to your own understanding and he went through when he put emphasis on it he did turn around and put some more emphasis on it depart 
from evil. He could sense that even though he, he, he was telling his audience to put God first or to trust God with all of their heart, that some was still going to lean to their own understanding and some was still going to do evil. I can't tell you how many times I have preached a message such as this. And you know I'm very repetitive when it comes to how I teach and preach because I want it to hit home. But even though I'm, I'm repetitive, I still have some that will leave doing the opposite of what I done taught. You can't do that. You can't do it. Because when God sends a message like this, I, I know before it's even released that it's a rhema. I know before I, I even release it that it was sent to help people with the issues that they're going through in life. But I also know there are enemies that it is their duty or their responsibility to try to pull out of your heart everything that God wants to get in you and to stay in you. See, God not only sends the word so it can get in you, but he sends the word so it'll stay in you. David so understood it to where he told God, your word have I hid in my heart. Why, David? So I might not sin against him. If you ain't got the word embedded in your heart, are your choices, your feelings, your mindset. You'll sin. You'll do that which is in contrast to the written and revealed will of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Because somebody say you got to put God first in everything. Get this. And the primary reason given in the text that Jesus wanted his disciples to seek God's kingdom first is because of what the father knows. What the father knows. You know, you know, you can't talk about God and knowledge without recognizing that he does not just have knowledge. He is all knowing. Let, let, let that just sink in. He is all knowing. Matter, matter of fact, let, let's make it personal. God knows everything about you. Everything. Matter, matter of fact, y'all ready for this? He knows more about you than you know about yourself. 
but but get this the father knows that you have need of things you, you know sometimes we, we have to make a list of what we need and, and then we have to check to make sure that that we got everything on the list say to your neighbor God don't have to make no list when it comes to your needs he knows every need you have he even knows things you need that you done that you done searched for that you done wrote down but but Guess what? There are certain things that, that you ain't got on your list that you need, but God knows. Woo! I said God knows. Wonder if God know I need money. Yeah, he know you need money. Wonder if God know I need to go on vacation. Wonder if God know this. Yeah, he knows everything. Nothing hid from him about you. He not only knows what you need. If you do what he tells you in this verse, he going to make sure you get it. If you put him first, he going to make sure you get it. And he'll even change your list. See, you got certain things on your list that, that you need. And God said, no, that, that ain't, that ain't going to be good enough for her. She says she needs that, but now I need, I need to upgrade that. She's selling for something that I want her to have. I'm not going to Ephesians 3 and 20, but, but it said he'll do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask. I think. Get this. Don't be anxious. Don't seek for that. I already know what you need. I, I, I already know what you need. I already know. I already know what you need. I just need you to put me first. I used to question this right here until it started happening. I can take you, I can take you 30 plus years back and bring you up to the date. But it'll hinder what you want to do this evening and, well, this morning and this evening because it'll take that long. I'm telling you, true. I, I can take you back when I didn't have no money. And he did this. But I can take you to where I got money. But he's still doing this. Because see, see, some folks think if I just get money, I'll be all right. What, what about that stuff that's going to start attacking your body? 
What about stuff that, that's going to come at you in reference to what you're going through in life? See, this right here is going to always be something you're going you to need. Man, I, I, I remember I was just trying to figure out we ain't got nothing in the freezer, nothing in the refrigerator, and we, we got one can of, uh, I probably told y'all that, one can of pork and beans, because I remember like it was yesterday. You know, they used to have this little can, and you know, they, they tell you to have a little meat in it, and you open it up, it's this <laughs> little block of stuff. They call it meat, but I don't. But now, just, just let me put this on the table. But I did cut it in half and say, look, this yours? <laughs> it be about that big, just cutting it in half, trying to split it. I said, Lord, this is the last can. <laughs> I did not have a vision that that that, that evening one, one, of, one of the deacons was going to come by the house with, with uh, boxes of meat. You hear me? Boxes of meat. You hear me? Boxes of meat. Went from one can to boxes of meat. And, and, and this is what happened. Get this. It was added. The root meaning of add is very simple. To give. That's all it means. The root meaning of, of add is to give. Somebody going to give it to you. Going to give it to you. To give. Because God uses people to bless you. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Elijah didn't have, didn't have no food, and God said, hey, I got a woman in, in Zarephath. She going to take care of you. Got to Zarephath, and, and uh, the woman didn't have but a little bit of stuff. But God had told the prophet, she going to take care of you. And he knew, well, it, it, may be, it must be with this little stuff that she got. It's going to have to last a long time because you're the only one he told me to deal with in Zarephath. I'm not going to try to go down the street and find nobody. I'm not going to try to go up the street and find nobody. You are the one he sent me to. And if all you got is a little meal and some oil, I guess he's going to make this last because you are the one that he sent me to to make sure all my needs are Man. And sometimes God will use one person to make sure you get everything that you need. And get this, and the person ain't no millionaire. The person barely making it him or herself. But yet, but yet God is using that person miraculously. To be a blessing. You got to understand that when God. That when God says he's going to add something. That he going to do it. Not your way. His way. I said not your way. His way. I don't know if I ever. I, if I ever told y'all this. 
But after that one can of pork and beans, and, and when that meat came from, from that day to this day, I've always had an overflow of food. Ain't that something? Did I ever tell y'all about the shoes? Well, I'm trying to get y'all to understand if you just seek God, this right here going to happen. I got to give you another example. No, I, I probably haven't told y'all this, but I got to give you another example. But, but let, me tell you, let me tell you this right here. This, this is real special. And I'm going to use somebody that did something. I hope they don't mind. The other digging is going on to be with the Lord. But anyway, uh, I, had, I had this one pair of shoes that, had, that a dog had got a hold to, tore up the shoes, teeth marks and everything, and put a big old hole in, in the shoe. These some nice shoes. Y'all notice these some real nice shoes right here. You, did y'all notice that? Yeah, oh, God, they feel good, too. They do. They feel real good. But anyway, they had holes right, at, right there. These ain't got no holes in them. But anyway, they had holes right there. And so I'd be preaching, and you know, I, got, I had a habit of just doing that right there. I would dance and just go and folk, folk get their mind off the message. Talk. He got a hole in his shoes. And, uh, but, I, but I kept wearing the shoes, and God, I said, well, God, you know what I need. I need some shoes. And so we went, um, me and some of the brothers, we went somewhere one day, and we was just looking at these shoes and, and uh, digging Holland. He seen me looking at these shoes. He's a preacher. Y'all know how he talk. You like them shoes? I dig on these some nice shoes right here. Preacher, I want to get you them shoes. Uh, you want to get these shoes? Yeah, I want to get you them shoes. Long story short, he got me them shoes. Get digging out in the hand. Got me them shoes. This been, this probably been almost 30 years ago. Yeah, I still got the shoes. I don't even wear them no more. They are reminded. I got them on the top shelf in my shoe closet. And uh, they right there on the top shelf. And, and they are reminded. Still look good and so forth. They are reminded that that's where I came from. But the shoe closet is full right now. From the time he gave me that pair of shoes, from that time to this time, I have always had shoes. Yeah, good shoes. You understand what I'm saying? But it was because... Of this verse right here. This verse. You think, I, you think when we went up that road, I knew that he was going to get me some shoes that day? No. That was kingdom. See, first, the kingdom of God. Look at the verse. And these things shall be what? Added. Why do you think he did it? You think he was just buying folks shoes? No. God let him. 
him to do it. Y'all got to know his history. Before salvation. To know that if he did that, God had to lead him to do it. But, but I'm telling you what happened. From that, from that time forth, things just started being added unto me. To that point. And folks folk, uh, see the little, the little shoe closet I got back there. When they come, they say, man, uh, these are some nice shoes back here. And I'd be like, yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know where I came from and that every pair back there is what God calls to come my way. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm telling you. But it comes with seeking God first. And all of a sudden, stuff will just be added Unto you. Unto you. Stuff, stuff you ain't even thought about coming your way. All of a sudden, he, he's starting to, to just give it. It's being given to you. Just given to you. And see, this is an amazing thing. It, it ain't just no church thing. It's stuff like this happened to me outside the church. Yes, it is. Outside the church. I told y'all, uh, when was it? A few weeks ago. Uh, two cars. Yeah, two cars. I mean, I'll say, you want these cars? You got the title? Yeah. Yeah, I want them. Two. This outside the church. This, this person who did this is a sinner. Oh, y'all don't even read your Bible. Stuff like that's supposed to happen to all of us. Why? The wealth of the is laid up for it's a man that don't go to nobody's church but every month every month I get a check from this man that I give to the church every month uh, he don't even go to church but he gonna make sure he, he give money in order for the church you hear me this scripture right here. Say your neighbor, your father knows, your father knows. what you have, what you have need of. And I'm closing. I'm closing now. And then Jesus, Jesus went on to say this. And I want you to really allow this to stay in your spirit. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When you look at this text, the kingdom is synonymous with things that you need. I said the kingdom is synonymous with things that you need. And the reason kingdom is synonymous with the things that you need is because you're putting the kingdom of God first. When you put his kingdom first, he going to make sure things come your way. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand to praise. Lord, have mercy. I love text.